Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you hear those words, you can feel good knowing that. State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. Now, let me tell you, girl, I don't got a boat, a motorcycle, or an RV, but State Farm covers my home and my car. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help protect your future by helping you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And you know what? Getting insurance can be so intimidating because you don't know exactly what you need. So having an agent that could help you with each step makes it so much easier. Girl, I feel you on that. So when things get complicated and you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Maybe you like to handle things in person or on the phone with your local agent, or you prefer to do it on statefarm.com or on the award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. I personally am the type of gal that likes to do things through an app. It just makes it more easier than going in person or hopping on a call. So I love that they have that option available. Girl, I like to use an app too. I'm not trying to pull up a person or or a call because I'm way too, I have too much social anxiety for that. I'm trying to do it on the app. So that's why I'm here with State Farm. And that is why, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey there, everyone. I'm Sarah Weldon, CEO of Trufinco, a finance company dedicated to helping both budding and established small businesses. I'm thrilled to be hosting Business Perfect Formula, a podcast designed to demystify business funding, real estate investing, and business credit. My goal is to simplify the complexities of alternative lending, showing you that navigating the financial landscape can be straightforward and stress-free. Business Perfect Formula is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hola, so great to have you with us in this episode with Ariana Solars. You will learn three main things. Number one, how to flip the script and use your accent as a pro and never as a con. Number two, how leading like a mother can be your leadership superpower. And number three, how to build case studies about your achievements so that you can be promoted, respected, and noticed. All of that in the podcast A La Latina, the playbook to succeed being your authentic self. Let's go. A La Latina is proudly presented by Money Lion. Join the millions of Americans just like you who use Money Lion to help reach their American dream. Hola, welcome to the podcast A La Latina. The Playbook to Succeed Being Your Authentic Self. Today, one of my favorite guests, Ariana Stollard. Ariana was born in Argentina. She is the chief strategy officer of Accenture Song, which is the world's largest tech-powered creative agency. Besides her professional life, she's also interested in helping the world. Let me tell you all the things that she does outside of her responsibilities at Accenture. She is involved in UN activities. She is an advocate of sustainable development goals, and she's a board director of the Public Foundation, which is a non-profit media organization that harnesses the power of media to drive social change. Welcome to A La Latina. Thanks for having me. Let's get going. Let's get going. So let's start with your career and the, the journey that you went through. When anyone looks at your career, your resume, your LinkedIn, it just looks like you had so much clarity on where the world was going and the, what you were great at. You started working on the first digital bank in Argentina. Now you are in the largest uh, tech-powered creative agency. It looks like a linear path. Can you tell us if that's how it felt or how did it actually feel to climb the ladder and to have this professional journey? 
You know, it looks like clarity, but it was actually curiosity, right? So I, I remember um, growing up, getting my first job, having everyone saying, are you sure you're going to work on that thing, the internet? What is that, right? When everyone was working on CPG or banking, financial services, my sister, my boyfriend at the time, all my friends. And I remember thinking, I don't know, there's something about this thing called the internet, right? And, and it was kind of the same conversation we are having today with AI. AI is here and coming like, you know, to replace all of us. Um, and it was the same thing. But I remember thinking, I don't know, there's something about this. Imagine like the possibilities, right? Imagine being able, I, yeah, I uh, launched the first internet banking platform that was transactional. So imagine the possibilities of moving money from the comfort of your sofa. Imagine the possibilities of watching your favorite soccer game from wherever you are in the world, even if you don't have access to a television or you're not on a stadium. Imagine, so we started to imagine all these different things. Technology was there. But we needed that like imagination to add into the possibilities, right? So what I would say is that, you know, I, I had that um, dose of curiosity that, if anything, allowed me to understand that whatever we um, enjoy in the future is something that we create today, right? So I was always at the forefront of um, innovation in a way, like understanding that it's on us to define what's next. It's on us to create what we're going to experience tomorrow, right? So, so that's how I started working. And then today, you know, I continue working in different places, but always um, following that same premise of let's create tomorrow, but today. Curiosity, it's a, it's a word that uh, I feel like we, people talk a lot about curiosity, but they mean different things or, or they have a different approach to actually exercise their curiosity. Yeah. Can you tell us how do you exercise your curiosity? Absolutely. It's a, it's a, um, a nonstop exercise of asking why or what if, right? So, you know, like every time you see something, you ask why or what if, and then you, you complete the sentence with an idea. Right. You know, all the latest innovations from the past couple of years came from someone challenging old ways of doing things like saying, why? You know, yeah. why do I need to um, pay fees for returning um, uh, my DVD three days later and then buy Blockbuster, hello, Netflix. Right. So so basically when you start thinking about like, but what if or who said that's another question that I usually like use a lot and I love It's like who said things should be um, done in certain ways? What if? We do it in a different way, right? So, so that idea of like challenging the status quo, not just for the sake of challenging, but like to understand whether or not there are things that could be done differently and better, right? And so I think that you're in the right podcast because <laughs> it's exactly what we're trying to do. Yeah. Who said that Latinas cannot be at the top of the ladder? And what if we start actually learning how to get there? And that is what we're trying to explain. But before going there, I want to know about your career. You have been on the, you know, like on the cutting edge of many things that were the first. Talk to us yeah. about like streaming Maradona and other things that you have done that make you, you know, like make you proud. I'll tell you something like... Uh, now that I, uh, we're going back in time with uh, all these things, I launched the most successful, now, now it's interesting, right? Do you remember Second Life? Yes. Yes. Of course. Second I Life had was my, I had the my avatar. avatar. Yes, 2007. Totally. Like, yes. I spent so much money renting land. Yes. On I did the World Economic <laughs> Forum. <laughs> yes. That's a total thing. I took I some of my classes. Yeah. I launched Amana 
No. Live streaming concert no. in Second Life. No. All right. Why? I don't All know right. what happened with Second Life. 2007 maybe or you're five a, or like. You're a trailblazer. Yeah. You're a Hispanic star. I love that you're giving us, you know, like already bits and pieces about learning by doing. Um, there is a contradiction I find in Latinas particularly about like how insecure we feel about raising our hands unless we're 100% prepared to do something. We don't apply to jobs unless we feel, oh, you know, totally qualified. And at the same time, we're entrepreneurs, so we do go for it. So there is a contradiction, I think, that, you know, that we have to, there's a tension mm -hmm. in who we are as entrepreneurs on one hand and then insecure on the other hand to raise our hands and actually be able to do. So I would love to hear more about like those threats and those qualities uh, that you feel we have since you're almost like a sociologist. No, but um, I'll tell you something, like I, I find this a lot, right? Um, within the, the Latino community um, in particular, um, which is you achieved something, right? And that's it. You're so proud. You tell your tia, your abuela, your friends, you put the trophy, you know, in your shelf, and that's it. You stop, like, pushing for more. Mm. You, know, you already have your, like, prize. That's it. You had your moment. Uh -huh. No. No. I Look, I... I'll tell you something. I um, you aim higher. I at some point in my life, I decided um, thanks to uh, my brother, I decided to start practicing taekwondo. Oh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I did not okay. know that. Is this a threat? It's a, no, it's not. Actually, like taekwondo, it's a beautiful Korean martial art uh, that's based on balance and respect for the other. And then you never go for a fight. You're actually always like in that Zen mode for of control. Right, like you, you need to, to, to understand your surroundings, you, you need to control your body, you need to think first. It's a fascinating um, space to, to explore. And it was a very humbling experience. You go there, and I went there as a young adult, I would say. And you go there, and then your um, recognition, right, which is like translated into color belts, has something to do, it's absolutely actually associated to um, your hard work and perseverance. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So you start with a white belt that, that signals and tells everyone, I just started doing this. And then maybe you have someone sitting next to you who's, I don't know, a 10-year-old that has a belt of a better, like a, like a higher um, uh, color, right? And then that means that they've been practicing more than you. And then you respect them. You know, you, you have so much like respect for their dedication. Colors mean dedication, Right. So then you learn something that I have applied since then you know, for life, which is you keep advancing on colors, right? Uh, based on progress, like dedication, tests, all these different things. And then by the time you get to black belt, if you get to black belt, but by the time you get to black belt, you didn't reach your destination. You reach your starting point. So you don't get your trophy and put it on the shelf when you get to black belt. Okay. That's a starting point because once you're a black belt, you start adding stripes. You're kidding. No, of course. Uh, I'm what, a, I'm a, what color? I'm a, I'm a first down black belt. You're a black belt? I can, I can yes. I you're, can. I'm telling you, I, she I can is jump, us. I can oh jump. I can, I can break this table with my... Oh my <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Don't worry. I um, never knew. Yes. And the thing is that, and I miss it so much right now, I'm so busy, I can't even like find my time to practice. But, but the thing about that is like, which is so important, is that it's the opposite to what we were talking. It's not that, oh, I got my belt, I'm going to like put the trophy, I'm going to let my friends know, my family know, everyone's going to be proud now, next. No, that's the beginning of, okay, now then you're ready. Use this as power, 
you're ready, you have all the tools, you have no excuse, keep going is and that, go deep, right? Is that, um, like, is that the analogy for Latino women maybe like living their career at a mid-management level? When yeah, well, in? there are different reasons why people may leave their careers, right? So, so living in a career may have something to do with, I don't know, like having a family and not having the right support, not having the right pay, to have someone who can help you, like maybe care for your family while you're working. I mean, there are many reasons that, um, in particular, certain communities like the Latino community are suffering more than others in terms of like advancing uh, at work. But I would say that's the link to uh, Latinas putting that like trophy as I made it. Yeah. I got my thing. I got my five minutes of fame. I don't need like to keep pushing. And that's your first moment to actually start into the next level. Yeah. That's when you get your promotion. That's when you push for the next level. That's when um, you basically make sure that you lead that presentation. You're not just a contributor. That's when you are the one who's owning it. I am totally biased, but I actually think that it is not that Latinos keep keep their trophy and go. It's that like once you get from white belt to yellow belt, the teacher leaves you. And now you're on your own. And now you have to figure out how to get to the next belt. We don't have the support mechanisms to actually keep growing. We don't have those teachers that keep on encouraging us. We don't have the environment to keep on doing. So I actually want to take the blame of Latinos only and put it as an opportunity for people to understand that we Latinas, particularly, we have that those elements, passion and perseverance. And that combined, there's a book that I'm reading right now called Greet. And my son says that I'm saying, it wrongly is greed, like G-R-I-T, not greed. So, but it's very similar. Yeah, exactly. Which says that in academic, uh, sorry, in military services, uh, in the you know in in key um, Keystone, West Point, West, West Point, Point yeah. in West Point, um, half of the people that enroll drop. And those that stay are the ones that have the hard work and the perseverance, that keep going, that keep trying. And no one keeps trying more than Latinos. Yeah. No one has the pedal more and the passion more than Latinos. So it is not about us only. It is about the environment that probably wouldn't like, allow us to, to get to that but place. I, I wonder, um, I mean, I don't have the data and I haven't read the book, but I wonder how many of those that stay had mentors and had people that told them, it's going to be really hard. Like, if you want to give up, let's talk. You know, like that mentorship, that sponsorship, it's it's probably very important. And that's why you have like military families. Because absolutely. So, no, so, absolutely. Yeah. Background and, and, and environment and so on. Many things matter. But talking about like okay. greet or greet or, you know, like how do you we pronounce it? it? Yes. I was this year at the Cannes Advertisement Festival uh, in France, and all of a sudden I started looking at the largest session, you know, like on attracting the largest group of people. And who was talking? Ariana Stollards. And what was she talking about? She was talking about accentism. So what was your talk about? So I moved from Argentina to um, the States, and going back for a second to something you just said, I moved to the States two weeks after September 11th. And I remember people saying, are you crazy? You're going there now. It's like, well, it's like following that same like... Um, curiosity. And, curiosity. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, I mean, I'm not going to stop now. If anything, this is a moment of opportunity for all of us as um, humanity to find new solutions together. So in any case, I, I landed here coming from there and there I was like so uh, driven. I was frankly unstoppable. I was working in the digital space. It was like a space that like few were exploring. So it was signaling already that I was adventurous and and, and um, I was uh, like 
driving my, my, my own path and all these different things, right? So I moved with that drive, I moved here to the U.S. and I started to work in different projects and in advertising. And a couple of uh, months in, I'm having a conversation with uh, my boss. I was um, here already in New York. And he said to me, he announced to me, <laughs> with that accent, you're not going to get any far. What? With that accent, you're not going to get any far. Look, I mean, I, I want to say, like, the comment, of course, stopped me. I'm not going to go with, you know, I knew best. No, 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 it stopped me completely for years. I started to become, like, so self-conscious. I would create work and have others presenting my work. I would always go back to the mirror and try to, um, you know, practice my English language pronunciation like a broken record, trying to make sure that I did not or I would not assimilate you know, to, uh, to, to the places that I was coming from, but I would, like, try to belong by sounding like a local, right? I did that, like, for many, many years. It was painful. It was painful. It took, um, it took a toll in, um, like, so many things, including growth, but including, like, self-confidence, which, at the end of the day, has uh, something to do in your daily lives. It's not just work. You know? And um, one day I, I decided I, I had to stop this. I have to fight this. This is not okay. You know, I start to feel like really bad about it. Uh, every time that I open my mouth, I was like, I don't know, maybe did I say greed right? You know, I was like, um, and it was, I was feeling it and I decided to, to, to change the narrative, to flip the script and to move into the so-called general market um, advertising world, which is you know, working in, in a big agency. At the time, it was a very hot shop. Everyone wanted to work there. And I was invited to, to build the strategy department. And when I had my first meeting, everyone was expecting me to present. Of course, I didn't share any of my imposter syndromes and the, you know, like all my insecurities. Um, so I had to leave. And the additional uh, complexity was that the presentation was done over the phone. You know, so you have to speak slowly and then... You have to um, elaborate your thoughts. And so I was shaking on the inside. You, you can, I, was, uh, I was so afraid of, of them, like even asking my, you know, when people ask you, you say, what's your name? Ariana, no, what's your name? Ariana. Like if you don't go all in and, and sound like a local, like um, people like ask you the question, can you repeat that? So, so that little question, can you repeat that? Make you already like feel so self-conscious, right? So I go all in, I say hello. The client on the other line stops me right there and she's like, oh, who, who's that? Who's that new person? Imagine, like I start to shake like a leaf. And then she goes and says, I love your accent. Mm. You know, it's a, I, I can still remember um, her voice. I can still remember her voice. I can still remember the inflection of her voice. I can still remember my face. I can still remember how relaxed and liberated I felt in that very single moment of having someone validating your accent and in front of others, you know what that is? So that day, like, that was an inflection point. Of course, it took me some time, but that was an inflection point. That day, there was a before and after. There was a before and after because I realized that accent has nothing to do with the way you speak, but everything to do with the way you are, with the way you do, with the things that you make, with the passion you put into things, that you have to actually lead with your accent. Don't hide it. At Money Lion, we think money can buy happiness and that you deserve access to the same tricks, tips, and tools as the 1%. 
We want you to achieve your version of the American dream, so we built an app that can help you get there. From banking with no hidden fees to cash advances with zero interest or credit checks, MoneyLion offers a suite of premium financial products that can help you make your everyday money decisions a whole lot easier. We even curated a network of content creators who can educate you how to invest, borrow, save, and earn like the pros. Ready to take control of your money life? Join the millions of Americans who use MoneyLion every day by downloading the app today. Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no-excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our store up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro. You know that um, English is the most spoken language around the world. 1.4 billion people speak English around the world. You know what the breakup is between native English speakers and non-natives? 400,000 people speak English as native speakers. A billion point something people speak English like us. Think about that for a second. You know how many people speak Spanish? Over 500 million, meaning more people than, non, than um, uh, native English speakers. And basically, the research is telling us that when you get in a room that's full of people speaking bad English, right? You have more empathy. No, conversation flows. Everyone understands each other, regardless of where you are around the world. You don't need to be speaking to another person from Mexico. You can be speaking to someone from India. You can be speaking from someone from China. Conversation flows. There is understanding, which is the purpose of language. The second a native speaker gets into the room, conversation stops. Understanding goes down. Everyone becomes like very self-conscious. The, the, the person that's speaking native English comes with lots of you know, acronyms or, or references that are not even like relevant to you. It's like, let's kick the ball out of the park. Is that a good thing? <laughs> Who knows? You know, so, so that's the point. It's like, the point is that, which is like super simple. Like we need to forget about like language. I don't know why we are so obsessed about it, right? Language is just a way we have to understand each other. So as long as there is understanding, voila, let's keep going. My husband would say, um, and actually he says that very publicly, that the formula of our happy marriage is that he understands two-thirds of what I say. <laughs> he goes like, you know, there's, there's a good third. I have no idea what she's saying, so I'm like, yes, honey. He's acting like that. So, uh, but I, I mean, I guess if we achieve our goal with this mm. podcast and with this episode, but with this podcast in general, everybody that is listening and has an accent will forget about trying to get rid of the accent and feel confident. But the other thing that we want is we want for for people, for native speakers and non-native speakers mm -hmm. to think of people with accent as people that are bilingual. And there are 
things that happen in the brain when you are bilingual, right? You're more flexible, mm -hmm. you are more comfortable with ambiguity. And I mean, you can tell us how important those characteristics are in yeah. the workplace today. A hundred percent. Like I'll tell you, um, since the, the camp festival and since the talk, I still receive messages. It's like crazy. It's like how many people have like resonated with the message, like that were there or just like heard from someone or got access to the talk or it became like a thing, right? The sad part of that is that the, the takeaway is that they, they can relate, which is sad, you know, that so people can relate to, to that message. Now, they can relate for many things. Many are actual native English speakers, but still may come from a place, because don't forget, when you go back to the dictionary, accent is defined as having a particular way of pronunciation that signals maybe a, a social, economical reality. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, so basically, so many people, even native speakers, are embarrassed or too self-aware of their accent and feel their accent is something that's getting in the way, right? So lots of people relating to that. Now, the, the positive side, if we flip the coin, the positive side of all those messages that I'm getting from so many people, and in some cases, not about the accent, but about their names. People cannot pronounce their names. You know how hard it is? You start a meeting, the first thing that you're asked to do is to introduce yourself. Oh, my name is, and then people are, what's your name again? Oh, it's, like, yeah. it's horrible. Juan, Juan. Yeah, Juan. <laughs> it's like, there's no Juan, it's Juan. You know, it's like, but, but, but you know how you feel? After that, that's it, you're mute. So you cannot be that person like, like yeah. out there. You can't, because you feel like you're being judged and evaluated by everyone around the table, right? But the other part that I'm getting out of those messages is, you know what, it's sad, I can relate, but... Mm -hmm. I feel free now. There you go. It's like, I'm going to move to the U.S. I'm going to move here. I'm going to move there. I'm going to like stop caring about this. I'm going to lead with my accent. And because there is a trend to Latinidad, according to the Hispanic, uh, the Hispanic sentiment study that we launched at Cannes, it's very clear that the pride, the, the sense of proud that we have has moved from low to high. More people are coming out as Latinos. More people are feeling um, you know, proud of their values. Uh, language is going up. Um, family and culture is going up. So no wonder your message is resonating by now more. And I think that what we need to do is take this trend to Latinidad, take this trend to identity, to empowerment, to real absorption, and lead young Latinas particularly to having that, that moment, inflection moment that you had, which I want to call the Aztec moment. So when you realize that actually being a Latina, having an accent is a pro, not a con, that you have to come from the shadows to the light, that you have to lead with authentic, with your own self to what you're doing because it's going to help you to get to where you are. So it seems to me that that moment happened for you in that, that inflection moment, that Aztec moment of like, whoop, flipping it up and coming out and finding, you know, having that eureka moment is when you find something, when you found that yourself, you yeah. know, being your authentic self was going to help you to lead. And it also helped, you know, that moment, that eureka moment, like helped me uh, make sense of the past like decade that I spent here like in this country without like understanding my place in it. Right. Like you say things like sometimes uh, when you give talks and, and, you know, I'm always there first row uh, and you say things like, oh, I learned that I was Hispanic. I learned that I was Latina when I moved here. Because you never like put a label into like, like that's not a thing, right? So you move here and then suddenly you, you're part of a group you didn't know you were even invited to the group and you've been like um, assigned to it, right? So, so I remember when I moved here and I started to work in the creative space, right? that still we were emerging from years of having people 
um, trying to belong by assimilating into the local culture, yeah. right? And then we start to see like some like elements of acculturation, which was like, oh, I'm not going to assimilate. I'm going to take some elements from my culture, from this culture. I'm going to make some, like, that's okay. Now, I remember some like moments. I'm going to say all these, like all the dates are going to be wrong, okay? But it's 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 a timeline I had in my head right now. I remember maybe 94, 90 something, maybe a little bit later, but I remember Shakira for the first time becoming the face of a soda brand like Pepsi with Hips Don't Lie. I remember like, oh my God, there is a moment here. There is a moment here that's mainstream. It was not created for this group, this club. Totally. We were like, right? And then I remember Ricky Martin going to, I, I believe it was 98. He sang the, 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 the World, the World Cup. Cup song, The Cup of Life. And then I was like, the world is singing his song. And then I remember my like moment, right? I had a moment, like a missed moment, a huge missed opportunity moment. But um, where I, I think I share with you the story, but you know, when I first moved here and before I started to work in advertising, like uh, a dear friend, Alberto, uh, he's from Colombia, but he lives in Miami. He came to me uh, and, um, and he said like, hey, I have this idea. I would love for you to be part of this. Um, I'm joining my other friend, also Alberto, also from Colombia, and my mother's trainer, Alberto from Colombia, and the three Albertos want to create this thing. Here's a pitch. Let's see if you want to join us, right? And he said to me, we're going to merge salsa with aerobics. And we're going to hire Carmen Electra, who's going to jump out of a helicopter. She's going to land on this beautiful Mexican beach where they're going to dance together. Beto, Alberto, the trainer, is going to be waiting for her. We're going to shoot that, put it on a CD-ROM, sell it on univision.com as an infomercial. Are you in? I remember the time I had that offer to go to um, move to New York and work in advertising. So glamorous, right? So I had on one hand to think about Carmen jumping out of a helicopter. And then on the other hand, I was like, oh, my God, I'm moving to New York. And I was like, of course, like someone said glamour, I moved to New York. Um, and then my friend created Zumba. <laughs> I know. I, I, uh, that's how I feel every day um, when I wake up. But um, so he created Zumba. And, but think about Zumba. The reason I'm bringing this is that you had Shakir and then you had Rick and then you had Zumba. 2001, here is a revolution in the world of fitness that has permeated almost every single country. The number of countries that we have at the UN is like, what, 193? Okay, they are in 180-something countries, right? Where Latin rhythms are dominating a way of having fun. Yep. And if we circle back with how I started, which is, it's not about the technology, it's not about the, it's about the human element. Humans were telling us, working out takes work. Who wants that? I have to do it. But then Alberto, the three of them, realized, you know what? Dancing with others, Latin rhythms, that's fun. Who doesn't want to have fun? Who doesn't want to dance like the rhythm of like Latin music? Sign me up. And he created Zumba. That's why following, you know, that human truth, that human element is that he created such a powerful thing that's permeating now mainstream. Yeah, I can only imagine how many times you hit yourself on the wall for every day. Every day. So they flip the script of workout. No? Yeah, yes, flip totally. the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and talking about flipping the script. Let's talk about it. Let's go. Um, yeah, we uh, one of the things that we want to do with this podcast is to flip the script because we think that it's in the benefit of Latinas, but also in the benefit of companies for Latinas to be comfortable in the workplace. Like if you think about the amount of mental bandwidth that a Latina employee and any diverse employee spends trying to fit in, if we could quantify it, I bet you it's 
like billions of dollars of wasted mm -hmm. energy of people that instead of being focused on their task, they're focused on fitting in. So we want Latinas to feel like they don't have to work on that, that they can dedicate all their bandwidth to yeah. doing the work. And part of that means... Uh, taking some of the characteristics that are inherently Latinas or associated with Latina women and have had kind of a bad name and mm -hmm. flipping the script and saying, yeah, we are X, but instead of seeing it with this lens, what if we see it with this other lens? Mm -hmm. And we, I mean, is there is there any characteristic of Latinas that you think it's misunderstood or that we could flip the, the script besides the accent, since we already <laughs> spoke about the accent? There are two in particular that are... I used to lead with that, of course, typical examples of uh, being Latina, something that we, um, all all of us who at least were born outside of um, the U.S. Uh, bring with us. Um, one is, I lead like a mother. Oh, I love that. Okay. And I lead like a mother means like many different things. Like I was leading as a mother before I became <laughs> a mother, right? So leading as a mother is, is something... Um, critical in terms of team building, caring for the people that are working with you. Yeah, the familismo, exactly. Of course. It's like, because you're not alone. Those days of you're on your own and you have to fight for your own career, like, no, you can't get anywhere. Like, creativity in particular is a team sport, right? So you either bring everybody in and you know how to keep the family flowing <laughs> and working and, you know, we know how to deal with, like, drama, right? So that's actually very important. If, if our audience takes us the learning that being motherly or being caring and delivering results is enough, I mean, a lot of people deliver results, but they don't build a case study. They don't show up. They don't, they don't know how decisions are made in the company and who has to know that they actually deliver the results. So it's deliver the results and then make sure that you understand how the company works and who has yeah. to know that you deliver those results. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you would like to give your 30-year-old No, I just self? want to come back to this. Ah. Yeah, so much fun. Let's do this again. Is there any, uh, in your cu no. curious mind and technology vision, when is the time machine coming <laughs> up that we can go back to give no, ourselves no, the... it, like, But in all um, seriousness, so, um, I mean, self-doubt is it's, it's our biggest, like, enemy, right? And I, I don't know how we can stop that, but if we have... Too many people saying to us, with that accent, you're not going to get far, right? We're going to keep self-doubting. But if you have lots of people reminding us how beautiful our accent is, and I'm using this just as a metaphor right now, um, we're going to keep like, going forward. So yeah. what I would say is that, if anything, pay it forward. What I'm trying to do right now is like, now that I understood, you know what happened to me? So three, four months ago, and it's been 15 years of that like, moment when that client said to me, uh, you know, I love your accent. And um, in one of your events uh, at the Hispanic um, uh, Leadership Summit last year, just last year, this past December, I'm on stage there with Gabi Natale uh, on stage. And then she comes to me and says, like, Ariana, I, I, I always have this question for you because she gave a TED Talk, I believe, on accentism. And she said to me, it's like, Ariana, have you ever thanked that client that said to you, I love your accent? I was like, oh, you know, I never like, even got the question before. It's like, no. Well, look, I mean, it's been 15 years. I don't remember her name. I never saw her because it was a phone call. She was a client. I know there is always that, like, distance between the client. On top of that, um, I worked, I changed my job. And 
don't don't forget, like right now it's okay to talk about those things that like you've been struggling with and your weaknesses or perceived weaknesses. Because you made years, it already. Yeah, so because it's right, easier, yeah. 15 years ago, it was not okay to go there and say like, I want to thank you. <laughs> your comment just unlocked me. Like, no, right? In case, it's been 15 years. So I never thought about it. So I said, no. And then she said, well, you, you're going to make someone happy. And I was like, how do I even do that? So I started to ask people, like, but it was impossible. I was leading to like no, nowhere. I had no cues into how to uh, find her. And then cut three months ago, I'm invited by uh, our leadership team to a, to a dinner, a uh, very high um, senior level C-suite dinner, right? And it's with Marriott. And I haven't touched that business in 15 years. I, I was just invited to dinner to have a, like a good conversation, discuss about like some possibilities. And as I'm engaging in conversation with the person sitting next to me who I've never met, you know, we were uh, at some point like running out of uh, talk. And I'm like, hold on a second. This person that said this to me uh, was working at uh, Marriott at the time. I'm going to ask him, maybe he can give me a cue. I know it's been 15 years, the chances are zero, but still I'll try. So I shared my story with him and then his face, he turned pale and he's like, Ariana, the person you're looking for is our global CMO and she's sitting behind you. I, 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 can, I, I can still feel it. Um, I turn, I share my story with her, we hug each other. Like I, I posted that, uh, that, was, um, that was actually the post on LinkedIn uh, that got me the invitation to speak in Cannes about the story. The point is, I think her, like I, I said to her things like, I remember saying to her, it's like, I don't know how to even thank you. Like I, I and, and she was like, you don't have to think, I'm like, I have to thank you. You know, and I, I'm hoping that we in, like, in life say more thank you for those like little acts that actually travel so much and can create mm -hmm. so much space for all of us. So let's pay it forward. So what I would say to someone is like, be always in both sides, the receiving side of, you know, receiving that advice and mentorship. But that day when you make it or when something like, just pay it forward. And pay it forward, being your unapologetic self. Lead a la Latina. A la, a la Latina. Latina. Well, thank you so much, Ariana Stollers, for being with us today. Thank you, Ariana. This was great. We learned a lot. I have, I, I took a lot of notes. I'm sure our audience is going to really benefit from all your insights and your generosity. Thank, Thank you for paying it so forward. Much. Thank you for having me. This podcast was proudly produced by Malka Media. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey there, everyone. I'm Sarah Weldon, CEO of Trufinco, a finance company dedicated to helping both budding and established small businesses. I'm thrilled to be hosting Business Perfect Formula, a podcast designed to demystify business funding, real estate investing, and business credit. My goal is to simplify the complexities of alternative lending, showing you that navigating the financial landscape can be straightforward and stress-free. Business Perfect Formula is available wherever you listen to podcasts.